I'm one of your hosts, Casey Gibson, and joining me this fine, fine evening after a Nebraska Big W or maybe a loss. I, I didn't pay attention. It it's, was Jerry Jordan. It was a dub. It was a dub. Yeah, I feel like they usually line up a pretty easy opponent early on, right? Well, no, okay. So, or are you the easy opponent? No, no, they do. <laughs> and that, dude, the first game they played was two weeks ago in Ireland. They went to Ireland and played, and they lost. Oh. Stop it, I'm earning to you. They lost. Oh, no. And then last week, we were supposed to beat them by like 30 points. And until like the last quarter, we trounced them at the end. But we were like almost, we almost lost them last week, too. I don't know why. I didn't watch the game because I couldn't care less Big anymore. Fan. Yeah. Yep. No, not really. It, it was actually because it, it was on BTN. And I, I just don't have that. And I didn't want to go through the rigmarole of making a fake email to get Ugh. some free TV service. Yeah, what a pain in the neck. Just mm-hmm. let me see my dang games. Mm-hmm. But also joining us tonight, speaking of fake fans, it's the most beautiful boy in Boston, <laughs> baby boy Balix. Who loved? I, I learned in Xenoblade 3 that families take many forms. Oh, <laughs> living his best life. Hey, hey. <laughs> this is, this is spoilers. <laughs> that, that, that's totally vague enough. That's totally vague enough. Like, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. Oh. That is so we'll, we'll get into all that. Uh, we're leading with that. I yeah. should... <laughs> that's yeah, all that, we're talking about. That was, yeah, we're going to have a 45-minute discussion on that. Yep. 15 on each relationship. Yep. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So funny. So funny. But, uh, yes. We do have our uh, Xenoblade 3 spoiler cast, but we got some stuff before we get into that. So, um, you know, if you're still playing or if you plan on playing and you haven't gotten around to it, there's still going to be some goodness on the Talk Nintendo podcast for you here before we get into all that. So, yeah, um, I, I guess should, say, guys, should we kick it off with some some grub-a-lub or, or gonna, any, any oh, happenings? Oh, I got so much on? to talk about. First thing is, is just an hour ago, I got uh, sh- uh, my first box came early. Of my uh, Toe Jam and Earl Tabletop Remix 30th Anniversary Edition game decks. Woo! What? That's look amazing. Very nice. But that's awesome. I was trying to make it sound fancy. But yeah, I, I got them in. I love that art. Woo! New manufacturer and everything. Guys, it's it's five times better than our first ones. I'm so excited about it. Anyway, that's really exciting for me. Thought, I thought I'd let you guys know. Mm, that's amazing, great. dude. Yeah. yeah no, it's congratulations. It. I'm. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad the the game deck train continues to uh, oh, yeah. to be a rolling. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, food. So we remember we talking about Freddy's last week, and and then uh, we went to Freddy's after last after the Tuesday. Recording. You went uh, one week I've, ago. I've since been twice more. <laughs> I've so since I went been three times every day this week. The family and I we went, guys. I tell you what. Oh. It's just so so I had the best luckiest week. This last week luck has been on my side, boys. Mm. Okay. Went last week and um I I the next day I went to Blimpy. Uh which is a sub place. I don't know if everyone knows that. I don't know if that's It's regional. funny. I haven't thought of Blimpy's in forever. It's my favorite sub place. Is it's it- right next to my house. I feel like it's not right as popular Jones. as it once was, maybe. Oh, no, no. It's totally not. There but is one close to me, though. 
Yeah, it's great. BLT on the spinach uh, tortilla. Were, were they oh, the like, ones that BLT were known wrap. for their um, for toasting it? Blimpies was that Quiznos, like the? I think right. Oh, oh yeah, Quizno. Okay, yep, yep. But they you can get yourself grilled there. Anyway, oh, yeah. I went yeah. there Nowadays and I've to. been I've been kind of building a rapport with a guy, the, Ooh, one of the guys that works there. Wheedling your way in for some free upgrades, huh? Kind of. Well, listen to this. I was you know uh, <laughs> they they were super busy. There's three people there, which is crazy. Normally there's like one or two running the place. There's three people, tons of people, and I was like, you guys are doing a great job. I keep it up, you know. And and this guy. He uh, hooks me up with this ghost pepper oil that he makes, and he mm. puts it secret. It's amazing. It's not way. It's not crazy hot, you know. So it's not it's on the perfect, menu. It's not. Well, what you can do? You got a lawsuit on your hands. Brother. Yeah, boy. That's what I'm looking. He burnt my throat with his his. He's adding his, things not on the menu. Yeah, I didn't ask for that. <laughs> yeah, and um, then all of a sudden, that's how Jerry owned Blimpies. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Jerry now. Yeah. It's called Jimpy. Jimpies. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so I was like, you know, I was just trying to, I was giving them, they were doing a great job, great appreciation. I appreciate good work, you know? And, uh, I, 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 he's like, he goes, have a good night. And he has my food. And I was like, I haven't paid for it yet. And I, I was like holding my credit card and, and he's like, he's like, have a good night. And I was like, Oh, you're giving me the food. And he's like, yep, yeah, just go tell people about us and, and, and have them come down here. And I was like for free food. <laughs> Well, but, he's uh, got you on a technicality now. So if you sue, he's gonna say he stole. He it. stole it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's covered and, his uh, tracks. So yeah, and then he gave. I, I was like, I was gonna pay for the woman behind me, and and because I was like kind of talking with her, and she she thought that my BLT sandwiches looked so good. So I was I was like, I'll buy hers because she just had one sandwich, and uh, and <laughs> but the, the guy gave her his, the sandwich as well, free free food for both of us. I was like, all right, and. Uh, Next day, okay, so that was that was a great. So I got a, I got like twenty five bucks of food for free, boom, that's pretty lucky, right? Next day, went to Freddy's because it was delicious. The two days before that, <laughs> went back. <laughs> I okay, this is the perfect. I don't know what we call this. Maybe like an innocent. What should we call this? Like an innocent theft. Theft. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Non non malicious. Uh off book exchange of it's, goods okay listen maybe let me tell the story and then you can then we can come up with something because it's not theft for sure but i okay so you know the freddy's double is the standard there you get the double cheeseburger that's what they always have um and but i was like i'm so hungry give me the, i want the triple can I, so and that's not really on the menu like on one it's not like a number but they make them so can i get a triple sure and so um but the thing is they don't make triples a lot and uh, sure enough, well, I wasn't counting on this, but when I got my food, it was a double. See? Mm, mm. So I go back up to him and I'm just, you know, like, hey, like, I, I don't care. Like, I'm not offended or anything, but like, I, I ordered a triple and I got a double. So I was like, can I just have, just if you just give me another patty, that'd be fine. So you're at a good, it's like, okay, now who's working there, right? Are they gonna, they're gonna give me, so they ended up giving me two patties, a two piece of cheese. I mean, two, you know, I mean, they, they took off a burger they were making. So I got a quadruple cheeseburger for the price of the triple. Mm. And so what I'm saying is, like, if you can get in there where they're not, you know, you order the triple thinking they, 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 it'll slip past them, they'll make the double. Then you go in, they might reward you with more than what you wanted. So that happened. Gary's tips to, to 
to, to obesity. Yeah. And then yeah. and, and the D life. Speaking of blimpy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so the last thing was two nights ago, Freddy's, and uh I I went up there and Josh, our friend of the show, Chum Lee, uh old chum. Old chum. Our chum, yeah. Uh he he asked a favor to get me some Freddy sauce uh and send it to him because they're really expensive online. And anyway, so I was like, oh, yeah, I need to get him some. I walk up to the counter. I'm like, hey, do you have any of the Freddy sauce that I can buy? And the woman goes, who's like, what, 16 or 17? I don't get paid enough. So imagine it, it was, it was, yeah, it, just imagine a 17-year-old girl who couldn't care less about She anything. didn't want to be there. She's like, I mm-hmm. don't get paid enough to care, so you can just have one. And I was like, well, I, <laughs> I was like, well, I don't need one. I And I, you know, I appreciate what you're saying, but like, I need to get like four uh, for my friend. So I'll pay for him, you know? And she's like, I'll just give you two. I'll give you two for free in here. So I got two uh, free things, which are four bucks each, by the way. I said, you should be like, well, uh, I'm looking for four. And then ask to talk to her manager and then tell the manager exactly what she told you. Yeah, exactly. I know. I I know. I I was just just... rat her out. (laughs) We better call the authorities. And that's the thing. The thing is, is I was like, I should go pay for those other ones, but I really don't want to get her in trouble. And she wasn't there. So I was like, I don't want to get her in trouble for like explaining that she didn't charge me or something. So I, I ended up and I was like, bah, she gave them to me. She works here. I don't what have What you should have done is left and then sent Jill in there and gotten two more for free. <laughs> and then after that, Dixie, you're on deck, baby. Yep. She could have done it easily. Can I have some of that? Yeah. Sure. My my, t- my take on this is like one, this is a person who it, I I don't know the person, but I assume they know what they're doing enough to to be able to talk like that and not feel like their job is at risk, or right? they want it to be at risk, or but but either way, like they have like agency over the situation. Two, this is a national or at least somewhat national chain. Get whatever you can from them legally for free as far as i'm concerned yeah absolutely yeah they're probably doing all right they're not gonna miss two sauces they're not your friend i think they give them out all the time honestly i think they do sure i'm telling myself that so i can sleep at night but yeah the thing is is i said i'll pay for them she gave them to me that's that's on them yeah you've done your you've done your due diligence yep yep Mm -hmm. so it was great anyway just a great week of eating oh and guys freddy's oh yeah, so I need to good. get there. I need to get me some Freddy's soon. I'm yeah, me too. Cheese curds. Mm. Anyway, sorry, I, I, I sabotaged that. Well, That's okay. There, there's nothing wrong with that, you thief. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> innocent thief. Yeah, the the innocent thief. <laughs> uh, how about you, Balix? Uh, I, I know we're we got a lot to get into, so maybe we'll make this. No, quick I mean, if you yeah, have. I don't. I don't know much. I um. I, uh, I, I've been going to McDonald's as a fairly weekly occurrence now because of the app and I, I've been, my order at the moment with the app is, have I said this on a podcast yet? I don't think you've gone into the specifics of the order. Uh, okay. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't either way. I mean, we, we got, we always got time to talk about Mickey D's Mm -hmm. little Shaq Um, Donald's baby. So my favorite coupon, I don't know if they still have it this month because it was like expired on the first or maybe they, I don't know. But my favorite coupon that McDonald's has been doing is you get one quarter pounder, Big Mac, Nuggies, 
uh, and there may be another one, but I think it's at least those three. And then you get another one for free. So what my move has been was is to get a Big Mac and then to get a quarter pounder with it. So you get two sandwiches. And then uh, I get a medium fry on top of that and then have a drink at home because, like, I have plenty of soda at, at my house. And that ends up being, like, with the drive-thru, $9. And you go up to the drive-thru and you're like, hey, I got a mobile order, a GM55 or whatever. And yep. then you you pull through and you, five, you got the robots on at, at your McDonald's. No, it's it's a it's a person. Yeah, mine's a robot now. That's really? Like yeah, mine hero. mine usually is just a person, and you say, "Yeah, I did a mobile order." And so you give annoying, them the four digits. ridiculous. Because they don't give you like three seconds. Would you like something else? Uh, would you like something else? Uh, uh, it's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, well, continue. when uh, when all the fast food people buy you are giving things away for free, you got to go to the robots. Mm-hmm. Robots uh, don't give nothing away. It, it ends up being like nine dollars, all said and done, for for plenty of food. Mm. And I and I usually only go on a day like after I like have like a good gym workout, so it feels like I'm like I'm like carbon neutral <laughs> on those calories. <laughs> Car- the old amazing. carbon offsets. <laughs> like the whole time well, you're working out, you're thinking about McDonald's. Like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm McDonald's. <laughs> I'm such a man child. I, and I'll tell you why. So what I've been doing is I've been watching shows on the elliptical. Like I think I've said on the podcast a couple weeks ago, but now I've realized that anime is perfect for this kind of thing because you can watch an episode that's 20 minutes long and you just bleed through episodes. So I was watching three episodes of this anime called Dr. Stone today and went home and I'm realizing now that in a couple days when it's, when it's uh, McDonald's day, which will probably be, I don't know, Thursday, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to watch anime at the gym while not paying attention to my workout at all. And then three hours later, get McDonald's. Um, and and I am proud to be an American. Thank you very much. Whatever it takes to get it done. I was going to say you can watch like Dragon Ball because it's all hype anyway, right? So you get into it and then nothing happens and then you just go eat McDonald's. At least I know I'm a baby. Nice. A baby boy. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Boom. Love it. Love McDonald's. Big Amen. McGriddle yeah. guy here. I, I usually oh, like hell the, yeah. Hell that, yeah. 20% off coupon, you know? True and tried, baby. Mm-hmm. Every time. What's your um, what's your go-to? I mix it up. Usually I do the two cheeseburger meal, just keeping it classic. But I do like um the the quarter pounder with cheese every once in a while. And then yeah, every I, you know what? I never, ever, ever, ever got like chicken nuggets from McDonald's until somewhat recently. Um, mm-hmm. I guess just because I feel like at home, I always used to like we'd have, you know, like the Purdue nuggets. So I'd be like, well, I can just have the chicken nuggets at home, you know, and obviously they're very different. Right. But um, yeah, I started throwing those in the repertoire uh, re- relatively recently, and they're so good as well. But normally, more often than not, it's the uh, two two cheeseburger meal. And then maybe you throw in like an extra McChicken if you're feeling it, you know. You know what's great is like my my ultimate road trip. You know, we stop at McDonald's like every like three hours for coffee, you know. <laughs> and it's like every time we're gonna stop for coffee, you know. Like, is there anything else? Mm, yeah, throw no in two McDoubles there. and a large fry. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Hey, that the that's fuel, like. <laughs> That's what happens with McDonald's is that like anytime you think you're going to go and chill, the order's out of control. Yeah. Well, because they're smart. 
They're, they keep the drinks so darn cheap. Because, like, that's what I hate when I go to, like, Taco Bell or anywhere else, right? And you're like, oh, you know, and you're not getting a meal. You're just sort of picking picking off the, the dollar yeah. menu or whatever or the value Rookie menu mistake. nowadays. And it's like, let me get a, a medium Pepsi, two twenty five. Like, what? It, but McDonald's, $1 any size. It doesn't cost you anything. And... How often you go in there just for a drink? You like I said, even if I'm just like really thirsty, I want to end up with a McChicken or like you said, a burger or some fries or something. You know, mm-hmm. same with the coffee, nice and cheap. Eh, you throw in a McMuffin, you know, screw it. Mm-hmm. They know they know what they're doing. Yep. But I think that's enough food, boys. It, we're almost right. 15 minutes in here, or whatever it is. Um, so we are going to do some what we've been playing. We do have a poll time, but that's going to sort of pair in with our Xenoblade talk. Nice. Um, so I believe, why don't, uh, I don't know, which one of you gym bots want to kick it off? I'll kick it off today. Um, I'll, and I'll actually do, should I do both of mine at once because they're kind of two sides of the same coin? Or should I should I make them separate? Depends seconds. how long you Whatever take. you want, buddy. All right. Uh, two Devolver digital games I'm talking about today. The first one I'm going to talk about uh, is Katana Zero. good music in both of these oh yeah there is and beautiful art oh yeah um i last week i talked about a game called midnight fight express which was a game i really liked kind of a hotline miami like but with some batman arkham sort of combat attached to it but i i felt like it was really good but didn't quite fully scratch the hotline miami itch so i was wondering like what other games in this sort of subgenre or adjacent to the subgenre exist. And then I remember a game I bought after you, Casey, recommended it to me a few years ago, uh, Katana Zero, which I had on my Switch, played most of it, but just bounced off for some reason I don't even remember. And then I went back to it, completely fresh game. It's not that long, only like maybe four hours. Yeah, four I think I hours. beat it actually in one sitting on stream. I think, it was, I, I think I played like three and a half hours, give or take. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds about right. Um, and it was awesome. It was an excellent, excellent video game. And, uh, on the OLED, uh, mm, pixel oh, art at OLED. its finest. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Katana Zero is kind of a structure similar to Hotline Miami, despite not being the exact same game where it's very fast paced, uh, single room levels, um, where you're, uh, this guy who has a sword um, and he, because of some military experiments, I think, is sort of uh, addicted to this drug that sort of slows time down. Um, and as a result of that, I you have the ability. Well, well, there's there's some like really upsetting sci-fi stuff tied to tied to that drug, so oh, maybe yeah, not. Yeah. I love um, how the which... game story, how it all sort of comes together too. But yeah, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but instead of being top down like Hotline Miami, uh, this one sort of um, it's a side scroller kind of um, in, in its single of. room. 
Well, <laughs> because they're single rooms, so the, the so it side scrolls for a short amount of time before it goes to the next level. So, for example, um, and and it's it's a samurai sword slice them up sort of game. So let's say there's a level at a mansion. So there might be 13 or 14 different rooms in that mansion that you go through. Um, and each level is side-scrolling through that room. And you yeah. have to slice and dice dudes with your samurai sword. And you can sort of throw items, which can include like glass bottles or, or there's a flamethrower. There's knives, uh, a bunch of stuff. And it, it's brutal. And um, the enemies have such fast reaction times that you're expected to exploit the slowdown um, to sort of like, if an enemy shoots a bullet, you got to use the slowdown so you can sort of slice the bullet back at the enemy and sort of uh, deflect it back at them. And that's like real that's life. sort of exactly <laughs> like real life. And, and so that's sort of the structure of the game where it's a lot of, it's very fast levels where you're dying and immediately restarting over and over and over again. And it's got that like <sighs> feeling of like hotline Miami of just like, I got, I got to get through it. I got, I got to get through this. Yeah. Like just that, that itch that that's constantly being, kind of exactly where it's brutal and you feel like a monster as you're playing and it, it's hard, but like not too hard. And it, it hits the perfect difficulty, but it's brutal and the music's pounding. So you just and it's you, like you, the only way yeah. I'm going to beat this level is from playing it 50 times before finally attempting finally getting it. And it feels amazing. And yeah. and the my the brilliant thing this game does is after you use slow down and you use different tricks to get through the level, the security camera will will show you what you did at full speed. Um, so, so it looks like you're doing these crazy, you look uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Summer games done oh, quick I level. <laughs> I love that. idea. That's, that's cool. It's sick. Um, but there's also like a really cool story, uh, about this character and the gangs and what he's sort of doing as like an assassin, uh, throughout the game that feels like hotline Miami where it's a little obscure. You don't always know exactly what's going on there. There's trippy sections. It's a little, tricky but what i'll say about katana zero as opposed to every other game that's kind of hotline miami inspired is that there is a real artistry and craft to this story where like you can tell that um i don't want to say effort because everyone writing these stories probably puts effort into them but there's um there's an elevated level of craft in katana zero story that is on par with hotline Miami and, and maybe even better, but at least on par, I would say, um, and easier to understand. And what's so interesting, and this isn't really a spoiler, but it ends not even on a cliffhanger, but basically at the end of the first act of the story. So there's a lot to still come in future installments. And the reason I played this was one, uh, I bounced off Soul Hackers 2, which, which I can talk about another week. Um, didn't didn't love it. But I wanted something short after attempting one JRPG and playing 45 hours of another. Mm -hmm. I wanted something brief. And then I saw that I think at PAX West, ASCIISoft, or whoever the developer who makes this game, uh, sort of showed footage of the free DLC expansion that's coming at some point soon, I think, for Katana Zero, which is about half the size of the full game. I think, and it's just a free expansion that's coming out. 
uh, and that's going to have more story. So I'm like, okay, there's going to be free DLC coming out. I want to play this. And I played this, and it was excellent. Like, this is Devolver Digital Gaming at its absolute finest. Um, so highly, highly recommend next time you see it go on sale. And, and I fully recommend the Switch version. And in fact, I'm glad I played it on Switch as opposed to, like, Steam Deck or, or PlayStation or whatever, because the OLED is so gorgeous. Um, and, and with that nice speaker. So, uh, highly recommend, uh, this game. Katana Zero. Zatanna Kiro. Yeah. <laughs> Sekiro. Yeah. Oh, Sekiro. don't get him on Sek- Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be no time for the Xenoblade talk. So do you want to do a quick buy of the next one? <clears throat> yeah, or... because it's halfway done. It's it's halfway done. It'll be it'll be quick. Make it quick. Um, but I I'm not gonna do it a quick bite because the music's good. I do what I want. This is my podcast. In this, I okay. but it won't it won't take ten minutes though. I promise. This is the messenger. the messenger i I played some of it but not all of it harry did you i beat the first section the first you know the so as it sort of opens up and you see what the messenger is all about kind of yeah okay and then i got bored and didn't didn't finish it oh that's interesting um because i'm i'm at a similar place as you uh where i i so the messenger sort of a Ninja Gaiden style game, uh, not a Metroidvania. I totally thought it was a Metroidvania, um, but it's not a well, Metroidvania. It turns into one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I guess, I guess Spoilers. that, no, I, I kind of heard that when it came out, but I was remember, I, I didn't the, remember. That was like, it's big shtick when it came out, you know? Yeah. But, it's well, more like a 2d platformer, right? And then it, it boosts into it, that. It kind of gets Metroidvania elements, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but, which is like style, right? Like so I, I got like the bit. kind of, I, I reached right? the style yeah. switch, okay. um, which I won't talk much about because it's, it is kind of a moment, even though the game's like five years old or whatever by this point. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of a Ninja Gaiden game, very fast paced, like Shovel Knight, where it's kind of trying to be true to eight bit as much as, as much as can be. Yeah. And it does that. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, does does the shovel knife thing very successfully to the mm-hmm. point where it kind of felt like a yacht club games game. Um, yep. Just just in the in the faithfulness. So I'm I've played three hours. Um, the structure of the game is the the world is ending, but there's some prophecy that uh, a hero is going to come and and give the messenger this scroll to bring to the top of the mountain. Um, and you, who's kind of a, a goofy kid, uh, ninja, kind of the slacker in ninja school. Uh, he's the one who ends up with the scroll because demons invade and he's the only one who can. Um, and it's a lot of like 30 minute levels, at least so far, 30 minute, mostly linear levels, um, of action RPG, kind of very light RPG, uh, a lot of funny dialogue, shopkeeper um, the shopkeeper so yeah, funny amazing so good 
like like genuinely really good writing and and i actually got a code for this game for three bucks because i i used one of like the the key sites the steam key sites g2a um, uh kinguin is my usual dog. go-to i mean at this point it's probably not stolen review keys or something right <laughs> it's probably some bundle that someone had a key for but uh, yeah, yeah. innocent thief. <laughs> yeah, another innocent thief on our hands. <laughs> some uh, some really funny and cool, clever boss fights, and I, I've I've reached a similar part to you, Perry, where I haven't I haven't seen any Metroidvania stuff yet, but I have seen the art style change and sort of the game open up into mm-hmm. what it's. It even advertises itself in the trailers and stuff. So this isn't like a huge spoiler. No, and. It's- yeah, what were you saying? I was. I I, I do want to say that, like, I I don't know if I got bored with it. I think that other games were coming out too, and it was like I felt like I've seen this game, and I wanted to try other games too. So anyway, just I think yeah. it's it's an amazing, it's super, really, really fun game. I really enjoyed it. I'm liking it so far, uh, and I I'm guessing I'm probably like halfway through if I had to guess just based on how it feels. Yeah. Although I'll say, I'm not actually that surprised you bounced off because the last level i played before this which is like the tower of time or whatever um is like a bummer puzzle level where it's just like it's fast-paced puzzle after fast-paced puzzle and the combat's gotten not too hard i think the bosses are a really good difficulty but some of the platforming is a little too hard for its own good at this stage where I feel like if there's a lot of game left, and you get it's kind upgrades of, to your player though, right? I and I I, I actually just got an expensive defense plus one defense upgrade. Don't you get like a glide, or is, I don't know if that's unlocked yep. yeah. or if you start with that. You, I don't remember. I've that. gotten it. Okay, I don't remember yeah, that suit. feeling, Alex. That the of the bad of the, the puzzle level. I don't know. Yeah. It's not like super negative, but it's like, okay, I understand that the game's got some tricks up its sleeve and I'm probably only halfway done, but I'm a little more stressed out than I think I want to be at this stage in a game like this. Like it it felt like it got stressful a little too soon, even though the design's really, really good and it's really funny and sharp and smart. I'm going to finish it like I'm I'm into it and I'm I'm really enjoying it, even if like, let's say here we'll hear about it next week then. Next, <laughs> no, no, no it's 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 good, good so far. I, I haven't really heard week. final thoughts of the game. Honestly, most okay. people I know make it to that first section. I don't, I don't know too many thoughts. So it'll be nice. Yeah, that's where right. I think I pretty much fell off too. Was that um, sort of middle point? But so, mm-hmm. so I'll I'll have more complete thoughts next week probably, and then um maybe, maybe it'll inspire you guys to play it again. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of playing things again. Um, I started playing a little game called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. What a loser. Yeah. More like Bad Breath of the Wild. <laughs> well, isn't it crazy to think that game is now, what, five and a half years old? Yeah, hey, hey, what, if you're sleeping for a hundred years, you think you'd have... You're a little your, more your breath would be pretty wild. 
Um, so yeah, I, you know, after beating Xenoblade Three, I was just like, I'm just in a monolith, soft kind of mood, you know. Uh, they did help out on this game a little bit, and it's funny because you can see a lot of stuff. I can definitely see it while playing a lot of similarities, and I can see a lot of similarities that they took um, from Breath of the Wild and put into Xenoblade Three, because uh, you know Xeno Two is in development alongside Breath of the Wild, and this is after, so it's kind of cool. Anyway, um, wow, guys, I don't know if you know this, but Breath of the Wild is amazing. Don't know if you knew that. It's pretty good. I, I heard people liked it. It's wow, like the game design. And I just, I'll just, because everyone knows this, but it's like something that is so cool. Like Alex touched on when we talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago. The, the climbing, you know, that whole mechanic of climbing on basically anything, it's used in such a cool, like almost Mario like, like just gameplay one, like what a wonderful feeling of. You can basically go anywhere, and there might be a way. Like this, there's this feeling you have. There might be a way I can get up this cliff, but there might not be. And I can either try it and attempt it, or not. Oh, I'm trying it. It is such a cool feeling. Yeah, exactly. And just everything is fully cooked in this game. Um, it's just amazing the way that, like, instead of just getting hearts in the field, you know you find food and then you use them when you need to get hearts. And then you have that decide, do I, should I, you know, should I cook this apple to get it twice as much? Should I spend the time, you know, doing this stuff so that I can be better prepared or just eat it half and just get half a heart, you know, all that kind of stuff for everything. And the way that the weapons break and the way you feel of like, I got this really awesome weapon that's, that has an attack of, you know, 45, that feels amazing. But it, it, you know, so but I don't want to use it too much on stuff that it doesn't matter because it'll break. So you're going to take it out when you, you know, fight a big boss and you, it's just, and I can go anywhere I want and it's really hard and I'm going to go this way and wow. And like the game overs are all the time. And, and I just got to thinking, it's really funny that, that no one like, I mean, people said this, but thinking back, it's like this game could have been the legend of Zelda. Like, they could have branded this game as a remake of the original Legend of Zelda. I mean, it really could have. Um, the whole It's such a sequel to, to that game specifically. It plays just like it. Go anywhere you want. It's open world. Feels like it. It's hard. It's tough. Um, a lot of, and it's, it's, I wonder if that was one of their ideas when they started it, you know? Like, honestly, I wonder if it was like going off and they're like, well, you know what? If people are going to think it's a remake of the original and that's what we push for the branding, then it's someone's already putting it in a box and they don't want to put it in a box. They want they want this is going to be a groundbreaking game. A spiritual so, successor, you know, it's, a reboot, maybe. Yeah, but even reboot. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I'm, I'm just I'm just pondering right now. But He's anyway, geez, guys, it is so good. And what I'm area really enjoying did you go it. to first? Um, did you start fresh? Yeah, yeah. The funny thing about this game is I play I put over like a hundred hours into the first into the first time I played it, and I never beat it. And I never beat it specifically because I didn't want it to end. That's why I didn't beat it. I could have gone like who knows how many hours in, like forty hours in probably, to beat Ganon, but I didn't. And I just deleted that file and started again. You, <laughs> you deleted know? it? 
Well, you have to, you know, to start. Oh, is there game. really only one save? Yeah, I mean, I could have started it with a different uh, account file, you know. Gotcha. But I was just like, I don't care, whatever. Mm. And I'm, so I'm kind Motivation. of main. I'm, I'm kind of mainlining it right now. But the the whole design of like, you know, for every four um, uh, shrines, you can upgrade either your heart or your stamina. It's just so brilliant. Everything about it is wonderful. So, guys. I am looking forward to Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever it's going to be called. Wow. 2023, here we come. That's exciting, guys. I mean, it's been a long time since this game came out. Um, and also, I do want to say two things. One, it's a very Zelda game. And then two, I think that it is the biggest difference in any Zelda game ever. You know, from one... Like, like the jump from Skyward Sword to this... <sighs> Is I think bigger than any other jump. Uh, maybe Ocarina may- Time link. Maybe link to the past. Maybe that. That be. But honestly, though, Ocarina. But those it, games it's, are very similar. Very it's similar. Just, just different. But it is very different because you're going yeah. to 3D. I mean, it really does change a lot about. The, but that that's like I think it's I think it's still a debate. I think okay, I can make a case for both of those for sure. That's fair. But it's just the what what it did for Zelda is just wonderful, and I think that. It's it's going to be really interesting to see what Breath of Wild two does and what happens after Breath of Wild two. You know, well, that, th- we yeah. we don't have to worry about that for another probably seven Ten eight years. years. If yeah, if we're <laughs> yep. lucky. Yep, but I'm fine with that, and I'm fine I with getting some remakes. Two. So, yeah, guys, it's exciting. Ooh-wee. And it's so much. And the funny thing is, coming off Xenoblade three, it you know, which is a new game, the polish in Breath of the Wild is like almost laughable to like the polish in xenoblade 3 there's so many cool things in 3 like the cutscenes that are way more impressive to be honest than like than breath of the wild but like the level and game design and just how the game plays and it's just it's night and day completely different games completely different i'm only comparing them because the same team worked on both and you know mm-hmm. and it's a big huge game and mm-hmm. releasing it. i just played it but yeah anyway like I, I love Xenoblade, you know, so it's nothing against Xenoblade at all. But like the it's so different and so similar. So anyway, uh, having a lot of fun playing that. And Joe's Sweet. playing it with me as well. So and that's up. a good game, especially after like a pretty story heavy game where you yeah. get hour long cutscenes. Um, oh, yeah. To, to go to a game that's just. This all is gameplay. You know? I, I beat the elephant one, you know, the elephant uh what do you call those? The big machines. Uh, and there's just this one. I just want to say this one thing. Divine Beast. The Divine Beast, yeah. There was this part, you know, like in that where you 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 can control where the trunk goes up and down and that sprays water at different areas. It's really cool. Really mm-hmm. cool dungeon. And there's a part where you're sitting on the head and the trunk is way up, is 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 up above the elephant, like shooting his back. So so you looking straight out, and the trunk is like overlapping you, going over your head, and you lower it. And if you jump and you fly forward, if if it wasn't moving, you just hit it right, and you'd fall off. But when you move it and you jump off, it like unravels before you as you're gliding into it. Magical, like a crazy cool moment. It just feels so cool. And man, they just, whew, the game is so good guys. Ooh. Anyway, Breath it of is Wild. a good game. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Well, for it's, me, I, um, 
I finished Xenoblade, so that was my, my big thing this last week. And then I actually, I'm not going to talk about it uh, because we want to get into the Xenoblade spoiler cast part. Um, but I'm replaying the Triangle Strategy demo um, to see if that's oh, yeah. what... Because it's I played it before, and, and I looked, and I have like a, a save file at the end of the demo, but... Are we going to play the music? No, no, no. Uh, I'll, if I end up sticking with it i'll talk about it next week but that's pretty much where i'm at um, i actually bought the game when i was out they had it at uh it's actually sort of hard to find at like the local stores um physical copy so they had it at walmart and it's you know walmart does like ten dollars cheaper so i picked it up um so oh, if nice. i do if i do continue with it i've got the game to to roll right into there but um i figured i'm gonna play the demo see if it's clicking I, like like Alex said, I'm a little worried about jumping into another RPG, although this one I think is closer to 30 hours, so a lot more manageable than uh, than Xenoblade. My final time was close to 60, so we'll see if I end up playing that. But uh, but yeah, that's what I mean. And been. why that over Live a Evil? Because, uh, you know what, I've been sort of having a hankering for a strategy RPG, um, mm-hmm. and... You know, I've heard good things about live, live alive, live alive, whatever the heck. I always say live alive, but I think it's live. It's alive. live a um, evil. Live a evil. <laughs> um, I've been hearing, and then I, I actually went back and listened to Jordan's reviews of both of them, and and he was gushing about Triangle Strategy. Um, and I talked to him, and he said, yeah, that that game's really, really good. And mm-hmm. and you know, what, like after Canadian, so. a very crazy Xenoblade story, right, where it's like all sorts of things going on. Like a good old fashioned, hey, this is a war game, uh, you know, with like political decisions and and nations like that, more grounded, if you will, right? And and like I said, I've sort of been feeling a, a strategy RPG where it isn't a waifu simulator, um, like the Fire Emblem games these days. So it, it's that's why I've sort of was that's gravitating. That's so funny that, that you say that. That's so funny. I, I I still don't even know. I know what waifu is. But I'm just mean, but as that identity of of Fire Emblem is like, it's so optional. The whole waifu stuff or or whatever. And so that it's, also, it's funny that that's what you that's how that's what you think of. I guess because I just think back to like the original Fire Emblems, and they were you still had support, and you know you learned more stories, and like you could ultimately pick one, but it was like very limited, and it didn't feel like. Hey, this is a big focal point of the game, and and like you said, I guess you could skip a bunch of it, but I don't know. I don't know. If, yeah, the only thing was like you know the walking around the funny Fire Emblem town and doing the quests was pretty funny, but yeah. like that wasn't waifu stuff, right? That was just well, that's more like, more RPG, like you know uh, adventure game or our Persona school simulator. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool world building. Anyway, but yeah, um, but anyway, that's why I, I hear you. I hear you. That's cool. Generate. Eh, uh, sort of gravitating. The thing is, is I still have not found a strategy game. Well, Mario and Rabbids gets pretty close, but I shouldn't say I haven't found it. But like, it's tough to nail that strat. The square strategy stuff is always pretty, um, pretty uh, advanced. Like, like slow. It's it takes a little. It just it's not as zippy as as like a Fire Emblem yeah, Advance Wars. So it's just thinking, strategize. It's not that I know, but it's just too slow. It's just, I just I I want to well, get that it was going also, faster, like, you know. And, like part of it was like, man, like it'd be fun to go play like Final Fantasy Tactics, but that game on PS One is going to be stupid slow. So at least like you know a more you know a game that came out this year uh, is going to be a lot yeah. more snappy. But um, but yeah, let's we'll, we'll get yeah. into all that next week, most likely. You know. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to excellent go too crazy here. So why don't we take a quick little breather? We'll hear some beautiful Xenoblade music, and uh, when we come back on the other side, we'll, we'll get into the the nitty gritty, if you will. Well, I should say for people that aren't interested in the spoiler cast, like, See you is later. this the end? Is this the end of the show? Then are we just going to do the rest of the and end it? Pretty much, right? I mean, I just I want to give people the they can go now. You know, it's like don't feel bad. Oh like, yeah! Don't well, let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. No, well we we can do a real ending after the Xenoblade, but I mean TNP mailbag at gmail.com, patreon.com slash NWR. Yeah. Uh, at Talk Nintendo Pod on Twitter. So you, you know the you know the plugs. Yep, yep. But thanks for listening and, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, we love you. But for everyone else who wants to stick around, it's time for some Xenoblade 3 spoilers. Time for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And yes, I call it Xenoblade and Xenoblade. There's nothing you can do. It depends how you're feeling. What a game, truly. What a game. Mm-hmm. And and what a what a single throwaway moment, which is now the only thing I'm thinking about <laughs> in the current context of Xenoblade 3. But Alex, you... there's something we gotta do before we start this, isn't there? We gotta get into Xenoblade 3 Watch, only on Talk Nintendo Podcast. Breaking news, it's a Monado, it's a Bionis in the Mechonis, I'm the girl with the goal. For a second I thought you forgot, even though we literally just (laughs) talked. No, I'm just so excited, I just couldn't help myself. (laughs) (laughs) He's never been more excited ever. It is uh, the weirdest thing I have ever seen in a Nintendo game. That's yes. like modern. I was just talking to Jules about it today because I told him, and it was just like, what in the world? Well, anyway, real quick to reiterate, if you're already here, you know we're going to spoil it up, but spoilers for Xenoblade 1, 2, and 3 incoming and incoming hot. So <laughs> you've been warned. Really hot. You've been warned. Emphasis on hot. Yes. Um, all right. Since Alex wants to just get this right off the bat, let's talk about it. All right. So uh, after you beat Xenoblade Three, um, there Your is volume a- like doubled. It's like like the excitement is tripled. Yeah. <laughs> after <laughs> so loud. <laughs> after you beat Xenoblade Three. <laughs> after okay, so after you beat Xenoblade Three, and like you're watching the ending once again. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers! Please, if you haven't, uh, hang up. Or if you don't, Shulk care, shows uh, up. Shulk shows up. No, Nato uh, does. Nia, who's who's the ret- who's one of two returning characters um, in this game from previous games. That she's the queen of one of the 
the worlds in this game. We, we can get Agnes, into why. I believe. Agnes, yeah. Um, she uh, sort of opens some vault at the end, and then Poppy from 2, the cute robot, sort of runs around, and it's a very sweet moment. Yeah, that was but then it, it Poppy. Is it the Poppy, or is it the Poppy X? Or, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah which version of Poppy? I, I'm, the, just the one at the, I'm just derailing you for no yeah. reason. Okay. <laughs> the one at the end of the game, or whatever. And then you end up seeing a picture of the Xenoblade 2 cast, which is so sweet. It's like it's, it's like the the end of an anime, uh, like all the friends standing together. It, it always tugs the heartstrings, except, uh, except it pops up really fast and you're like, wait, was that what I thought it was? And then you look it up after. Um, and meme central <laughs> giga chad rex now i do uh, want to say that i didn't notice this at all like i because i was just looking you know it's it is three seconds yeah it's quick it's like it, it's so, definitely quick anyway. casey did you notice this i did not i mean i think like i noticed the picture but i think i was taking it all in because the little babies are pretty tiny you know so like it, it, yeah and it goes by fast so no I, I didn't on the first viewing i didn't pick up on it so there is uh, Shulk, not Shulk, sorry, there's Rex, the, the hero of Xenoblade 2 as an adult, um, standing with the cast, most of the cast of Xenoblade 2, and in three chairs in front of him are Pyra and Mithra, the two blades uh, who sort of became human at the end of Xenoblade 2, and Nia, who is the queen in this game. All of them are holding a baby. With all, their which respective would, hair colors. With their respective hair colors, seemingly seem to have been born at pretty much the exact same time. <laughs> to the and minute, yeah, literally, they <laughs> they all conceived within three days of each other, if not and less. <laughs> there is no text confirming this at the moment, but the implication is that Rex, uh, impregnated all th- all three of them at the same time, and and this is canon lore. In this Nintendo yeah, game, I mean, he's standing above, like above all three of them, he, with his hands the, out. Like he's the real pappy. Yeah, and and let me let me specify: there are a lot of different relationship circumstances. Not judging, everyone does their own thing. But in the context of a Nintendo game, uh, a rated T game, but this random Nintendo published JRPG, well, it's, it's rated is it rated M? Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. Oh, I. I thought it was rated. No, T. it's. I don't no, think it's there's rated tons of swearing and. I I need to find this out now. I what? I I what? trust you. Don't you don't think it's rated M? No, no, no. I trust you, but I need to confirm. I'm almost positive it's not rated M. Uh, how much do you want to bet? Uh, no money. How um, much do you want to bet, Casey? Yeah. A Freddy's meal next time when you come. You got it, buddy. It's rated T. Done. Xenoblade Three is rated T. No, um, I thought you were talking about two. Sorry. I, oh, two. No, I I still I still, th- I still think. Uh, yep, rated T. Boom! No, it's not. You got Freddy. No, I got Freddy's for dinner. There's no way. It's rated T. Completely. Those boobs were just small enough, quote unquote, to not hit the rated M mature rating. <laughs> There's no way, though. But it, I feel like it would be a very... Yeah, look. Xenoblade 2, uh, T for teen language, suggestive themes, use of alcohol and tobacco violence. Really? I mean, there's some like heavy language in there. That's crazy to me. Okay. Wow. But in the context of this Nintendo game, it is so freaking weird that this is a decision that was written and then got approved. But 
then I think back to Xenoblade 2, and it, there's kind of an implication that Rex ends up with Pyra and Mithra at the end of the game anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's it's a very sort of soft implication. What's, an, what's another another one on top, you know, at that point? I thought, I thought, like, one of them sacrifices herself at the end. Maybe that's the green hair one who's kind of also them. I, I That's like the I combined remember. version, right? I mean, either way, I don't know. Who knows? Xenoblade's weird. Xenoblade. This goofy kid who everyone, I mean, I love Rex, but a lot of people really don't Don't say that. You might end up with the baby next. (laughs) A lot of people, a lot of people don't like Rex. Why? I disagree. I disagree. I I can't represent them, but I can, I can say it's a thing. It's a take. And he's just this, he's just this goofy kid in Xenoblade 2. He's great. Who? Who wasn't he wasn't a fan favorite though. I love him, he wasn't a fan favorite. I think who cares about fan coming favorites? Coming from Shulk, no. going Shulk to Rex, it's like, oh, you got like Shulk's oh, Rex pretty amazing, kills right? Shulk. And then Rex comes in and he's more he's more he's a child, you know, he's a kid. So it's like I could see people spit oh, he's more too, too kiddish, you know. I agree, but I'm just saying uh it is funny that in response to the Zeitgeist, even if unintentionally you have Giga Chad Rex now. <laughs> yep. Well, th- and then you sent me that meme, right? Where it's like, where, where Nia confesses her love for Rex and he's like, I love you too. I love you all. And, and little did we know he really did. Yep. <laughs> he really did, did love them all. But, yeah. uh, uh, but and, yes. and that, that's the discussion. So yep. Yep. have it's... a good one. Yeah. Okay. Very strange. I, Very Alex strange. Waiting to get that off his chest for weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we should talk about the real game. Uh, does anyone want to lead it? I'll I'm lead it. Mess. Yeah, sure. Um, oh, you want to go to Jerry? Well, no, you go ahead. Well, do we want to talk about the ending, or do we want to talk about the adventure? We just talk about the whole thing and kind of keep it as condensed as possible. Because the ending is the... pretty crazy. How it brings it all together, right? Um, yeah, it's a really cool. I I really like the overarching story. Um, that that you know i guess it starts off i love how because you're just you're finding out things of how the world and the universe works as you keep going through right by the end of it you finally get these key things that are like that's what's going on and that's why this is like this and you know and i i I do like how um you know the theme to me what i got out of it is you know it's talking about like control versus uh freedom you know, and I, I think that's a really cool, um, like, you know, when you have freedom to do stuff, it can be chaotic, um, but but you're free. But when it's controlled, you know, you can you can have this sick, twisted uh, world that provides other people with immortality. Um, but everyone knows what's, you know, but but then it, then everyone has a purpose. And, you know, anyway, it, I'm kind of convincing. Yeah. It, but. Well, I was going to say, I can sort of, so pretty much at the end, right, it's, um, there's this big thing, Origin, which is sort of like, it is, it was created, because essentially the worlds from Xenoblade 1 and Xenoblade 2 split, right? And we sort of knew that with Klaus, how he like was sort of in both worlds, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And essentially the worlds were coming at, back to each other, and if they, they reached one another, 
it would pretty much wipe everything out except for white, right? White light or whatever it is. Um, so essentially, uh, Zed, who is Z, Zed, they call him Zed. Um, he's like the big bad, right? But he's essentially like a, like a manifestation of everyone's feelings because they made the origin, they put the people in there. And like, the idea was like, that was when the, the worlds like collided, uh, they would be able to rebuild with like the memories of everything. But Zed essentially was like all the emotions. So as the worlds were going to collide, Zed manifested into like a person, I guess. Um, and he, instead of letting the worlds collide, he stopped it. And the forever now, right, is what you're living in in the 10 year process. And essentially, he's like um, the quote unquote architect of this world, right? He has now done it like, hey, these two worlds are not going to com- like combine at all because I've stopped them and we're going to live in the forever now. And how I'm going to do that is like, then he sets up the rules with, yeah, like you've got the two opposing sides. They fight each other for the life force. You know, uh, he feeds off that sort of emotion from and the, the life force from when they die. So they keep that sort of whole thing going. Um, and then he makes the Mobius who are, they are e- like eternal, but they're not. Um, if they die, right, they don't go back into the loop like your standard pe- people on this earth. Um, but essentially, there are the um, the Ouroboros, who was Mal- um, Mia, or Nia, excuse me, right? She, like, used a bit, I forget exactly how she made the Ouroboros stones, but, like, she set that in motion to try and, like, help counteract it. Um and all this stuff, the the Kevis, uh, uh, Malia, uh, she was captured. You know, you find her all like, like chained up essentially in the origin, and and Zed's using her abilities to create this world for him to essentially live in uh, forever, right? Like the worlds won't combine, nothing's good. Like, and then he just gets to to live in there, and then that's why he has made all this for his entertainment, essentially to feed off the life force, right? He could have done that in origin, just kept killing people, bringing them back, killing people. But, you know, it, it's his entertainment literally by it. And it's sort of shown, right? You always see him in that big. Yeah, theater. I love that. Yeah, I always love watching the these thing. things happen. It's so creepy and good. So essentially. It reminded me of like the end of Xenoblade 2. Like, you know, when you finally get to the place. The and tree, and it's like the, just this it's like, like desolate, weird desert, desert, weird yeah. moon yeah. place. And then you go into that church. And you go into the basement, you know, of that huge staircase, and then, like, you have to fight everyone. It's just super weird. Yeah, I, 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 I really thought it was that. so cool when you went into that theater. Like, oh, you're right on the door, yeah. you know? Like, this is amazing. Very, like, very thriller, like, horror-y in, in mm-hmm. a cool And way. it's in, like, the the bottom, like, middle of origin, so you're working your way down to it. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And boy, does it take a long time to get there. Oh, it sure does. It's like, um, who set this place up? Well, he didn't want anyone to get to him, you know? Like, he, he was... And, and that's also sort of right. He takes origin and puts it in like the middle of nowhere with the fog and all this protection because he just he's happy living the world out. Now, I guess it's sort of I, I did some extra research after and, and listening to people talking about things. Um, but with uh, Mio and uh, Noah, right, there's M and N, which are they're Mobius. Right. So it's like, how are there two of these people? But essentially, I guess over and over again, right? Like, and said sort of like, how many times have you come to try and do this? You know, like, 
and it just we keep rewatch like yeah, wiping that's it a really out. Cool part when you find out that it's been like For, you know yeah. it could be like a, a thousand times like you don't yeah know. You, you don't know like over and over and over. But essentially, I guess at one point, uh, you know that the love between Noah and Mio was the driving force. They always found each other again, got put together, their love. Um, and Noah essentially gets the decision like, hey, you can we can keep going through this this dog and pony freaking show, you know, or you could become a Mobius and live forever. But, you know, Noah, he wants Mio. So then essentially he's like, hey, I'll make Mio a Mobius as well. You two can live in the forever now together and you don't have to deal with this anymore. Um, and, and again, at some point Noah said like, okay, let's do this, but he makes him go and wipe out all of the people in the city to like prove how bad he wants it. Right. And like, that's pretty crazy because the city is sort of like the rebels, right? They're, they're the ones who've sort of, uh, come to know what is going on with this world and that it is weird. And there's people behind the scenes doing these things and like they're trying to you know come rise up against it to change the world so he knows that and like that's been his goal forever and essentially it's like hey go kill all your people you've been working with and then you know you'll have immortality with with no uh mio here you know in perpetuity and i guess like i guess that decision was so tough like somehow they split into two different people you know or, or two different versions of themselves. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I guess, you know, the uh, M and N, they're the console, you know, the Mobius versions of uh, Mia and Noah. Uh, and then the, the, they went back and again, they find each other, the love and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, the, the game is pretty, pretty crazy. And then at the end, right? Like, all right, we know that by doing this, there's a good chance, like, you know, if it doesn't work, everyone could die. Either way, we're not going to be able to, you know, we'll go back to our respective worlds and we won't get to, you know, be with each other. But they they obviously at the end, they pick for the future instead of the, the selfish, you know. They even say like, hey, we could stop this right now. And they're like, what, and become Mobius? Like, no way. That's, you know, we've been literally fighting to against that. So they, they make the yeah. right choice. A really beautiful scene at the end, right? Like the worlds are drifting and like you, they're running towards each other and, and, you know, very, very cool. And then the post uh, post credit scenes goes back to the what I believe is the very, very first thing you see when you start the game, right? Like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Noah hears the, the flute, you know, Mia's tune, and then he like disappears. So, you know, sort of implications that, you know, they that love is transcending transcending between worlds and uh you know they they've somehow i'm sure we'll see you know with the dlc store there'll be some sort of maybe enlighten exactly what happened there but that that's pretty much the ending but there's a whole lot to talk about on the way through i don't know if someone else mm-hmm. wants to jump into that specifically end of chapter five into six i really think that's a, a strong point to talk about too you want to know where babies come from <laughs> yep I sure do. Boston. Yeah. <laughs> they all come from the Boston stock. <laughs> yeah. I I, yeah. I want to go into like some general thoughts about the story because it's so long and we're not talking about this for long enough that I we kind of have to bounce around a little bit. I was very... When the story was good, it was like, 
the best Xenoblade has had in the series so far. I think in some ways it sort of lost the plot in a couple ways. Um, and I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I mean. So the Mio and Noah relationship is, is beautiful and it's, it's gorgeous. The, the heartbreaking uh, chapter five into chapter six, where you're just watching Mio run out the clock on her 10 year clock yeah, so for good. this, uh, for this homecoming. Um, and Noah watches her die helplessly. And yeah, or, I love that. There's like a whole month of not- of just abs- of suffering, yeah. suffering, and it's such a long cutscene. But it's it's like one of the best narrative moments in the game, in the series. Beautiful, beautiful. Their kiss at the end Noah's, is, is a uh, wonderful. Bloody yeah, that was good. A wonderful capper. My favorite scene in the whole game, and I know this one is one people joke about, is the you want to know where babies come from, where they went to the city. Yeah, that um, was beautiful. It, because it was sort of showing like human love and the human experience at its purest. And like, it was showing like the mm-hmm. teenagers, which was amazing. And it was showing like the new life being brought into the world. And it gave us this shockingly uh, gorgeous reverence. But to mm-hmm. me, there was a very optimistic pro human uh, pro life experience to that whole section of the game where it's like we take all these things for granted or at least some of the time we take it for granted or at least a lot of the time and actually life is really cool a lot of the time and it's really great and amazing and and, and it offers up like the 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 other perspective of like these these kids don't know don't even know like they're always struggling for like well the whole thing they're 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 talking about their purpose in life right you know, and it's like, yeah, their purpose seems meaningless. Like, it's like, finally, they're asking themselves, why are we doing this? You know, like, the, oh, what is a daughter? What is a son? You know, they yeah, don't even a, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, so I, I think it's really cool. And they show that. Yeah, it's great. And it, it was beautiful. All, all that stuff. Loved, love, love. I love, love. Um, but <laughs> love, but a love. There, love, a love. <laughs> love, a love. There are. I, I also have some issues. So I think that aspect of the story outside of some parts of the ending, which it does pretty well, I think it sort of loses that pro human experience theme a little bit, like for a long time in the game. And it doesn't go back to it until the very end to me. Um, I also think that the villains, the consoles and Zed, um, they kind of dropped the ball on them. In my opinion, Cause you start out the game and they're this super awful. You love to hate them. Gross leaders in this Venom. disgusting world. And that and first just, Mobius fight is like how he's just taunting you. And like, so I remember good. I was like, th- that is amazing. And, and it's the, it's the love to hate sort of villains. And, and you're sort of like, um, and you're depressed and you're mad and you're angry. And these people refuse change. Um, in in the in the name of comfort, and then at the end of the game, it's a lot of like convoluted sci-fi BS, if I may be so uh, negative. I I kind of was I, I was actually game, but I I I think it's a lot of the game, and I was because of that, and because some of the dialogue is written very strangely, in in the sense that like some of the wording feels like bad localization, even compared to other Xenoblade games. Or maybe it's just the way it was written. Probably. Um, 
I was zoning out and late game climactic cutscenes because I'm like, I don't know what Zed's talking about right now. I mean, you I did don't... marathon thing, you know. No, but <laughs> and and I also don't have the best attention span in the world, but it also kind of feels like a this game thing as well. Yeah, I don't um, know. Where, yeah. where did you land on it, Perry? I, you know, one of my favorite parts was the the baby part, but uh, I like the when the Ethel and um and the Kamaravi ka- Kamaravi that battle. Where, oh yeah, oh, that was epic. And and basically oh, yeah. after the battle, when they face whatever the Mobius, and they had the attitude of like. I'm sick of this crap. Like I'm going to, we're going to kill you. Like yeah, right you actually now. saw some anger and like, yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like, Oh, it got me so juiced up. And it's like, like, especially when, um, yeah, who, who what, was it? Uh, Senna, the punster. I can't, I thought it was, was it? wasn't it Mio? Maybe it was Mio. Yeah. And cause I think pu- it was like, if it was Senna, it would almost make sense. Cause she's sort of like a tough, you know, strong where yeah. like Mio, it's like, usually she's pretty well right, reserved, right. but then, yeah. So, so Mio punches, the guy as they're like bragging about how they're going to, how they're going to beat well, but, them and it just takes them out. And it's just, you know, like what you always want to do in every like movie you've ever seen, like, you know, when the guy's being smug and then you just, and just kill them and it just feels so good. And I just love that point. Uh, that's, that's, so that's definitely one of my favorite scenes, but um, yeah, I mean, really a great narrative heavy game, pretty amazing what they have stretched across, you know, 50 hours. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think like the quality of like, like there's besides, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, what was the, the uh, Monica, is it Monica? Is yeah. It, Ma- her, Monica her, and her, Gondor. Her, her, Gondor. Ugh. Gondor's voice was like the oh, worst I, voice. I love that dude. She, she, I loved her. Oh, and that voice was so good. Ridiculous. But I even like, I think it's funny, right? Because <laughs> bitch queen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, allowed to say it on the show because it's in the game. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because uh, I think that there's a lot of like really cool, um, you know, there's so many like offshoot narratives that they touch on and then they, you know, they don't really go into like, um, like her and her rival. Uh, I forgot her name. Uh but it was, was a, a weird name. Um, that was a cool. And she was a speaking of uh, queens of a certain nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was. She really like could have. Well, but she was bullied. Them. You know, I mean, you, you know, that was sad. That whole that was story sad. was sad because like you're so mad at her because you're mad at every traitor in a good yeah. story because you always are and you hate them. Yeah. But it's like. Man, but Gondor's not that cool either, honestly. Yeah. I, was, I was a Gondor fan, boys. Um, yeah, I do like how they soften the blow of the, like the the morbidness by the idea that yes, they're killing each other in this endless war, but they're not actually dying. They're just well, being yeah, she, put back to the loop. You know what I mean? She literally blasts herself to, so yeah. she can restart it. Isn't that something? So it's like it's one of those things where it's like they got away with a a you know, a woman blowing her brains out, and they but even it was did okay. The camera, you know? right, where it, like you see it fall, like from her eyes, right? Yeah, like that was yeah. So yeah. I guess real quick, just while we're talking, that was at the end of chapter five into six, and that's sort of when 
they are captured. Yeah. Or no, that was six. Maybe was it six? That might it was. The, it was a five and six. That, yeah, I think it might have been the beginning of six. So five <laughs> is pretty much. Uh, yeah, you're captured. Perry talked about how it's like you're you're in jail forever, uh, and it ends with Mio uh, getting sent off in the homecoming, and then ne- uh, Neo, uh, Noah getting like pretty much his will right is sort of gone and then he gets killed and that's the end of chapter five and you're like what just happened um and then chapter six that's really when it like sheds some light into like hey these things have happened but like you know it really hits you with the hammer of what's going on in the grander yeah. scheme of things then you you're able to come back and you find out that m which is the mobius version of mio uh, her special ability was like to like get into people's heads and like you know change switch them. consciousnesses. Yeah, so she switches consciousness with uh, with Mio for that entire month. So the the whole time you're sitting in jail, that's actually M, and mm-hmm. Mio is out in um, M's body, and essentially, right, this completely just like destroys N because he's like, oh my god, my. I the whole reason I did this was to live with her forever. Yeah, he killed and, her. Yeah, and yeah, he, he sent she's her. She's dead. You you yeah. killed her. That was <laughs> messed up. Moss. That was that whole thing was it was scary and and awful and great. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, oh favorite, my god. And it, and you know, the choice for Mio to become a Mobius was Noah's. It wasn't hers, right? So at some point Maybe the whole time she was looking for a way to, you know, right the wrong, if you will. But uh, she found her opportunity here, switches that. And then, you know, that's when uh, we were talking about Gondor's enemy. And and forgive us for forgetting her name. Uh, She blew up the cover off the the whole plan, right? And that's how they got caught. And she also told them, Shania, they also told her where the city was. And they use the um, the annihilator to blow up the city. So you're just like, oh my god, everyone in the city's dead too. I know. Like, <laughs> this is like what like your whole game is like. <sighs> it's over. But M also she went and warned the the city right, which because I guess M was actually was really Mio. Mio. Yep. Yeah. Mio goes and warns the city, so they were able to move because the to move the city. Because like it's not actually a city; it's yeah, a it's, robot. It's a bit well, really, yeah, like the colonies, right? Um, so they move out yeah. of the way. So yeah, so pretty much it goes from like the world, like everything you knew about the game is done, to like, oh my god, we completely countered it all. Like this is great, you know. And then you fight yeah. N, and then he goes into his sort of emo mode, right? Like he's like, oh, um, a rightfully earned. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, I earned in Alex context mode, of the yeah. character, no doubt. Um, but it's it's funny uh, we're talking about some of the Mobius fights. It's funny as as you're going to Zed, right? Like you fight N, you have you fight him, and then like he joins into you, right? Like you're able to sort of sway, I guess, his thought. I mean, it's after he kicked his butt. Um, but then you you have to fight X and Y. But it's funny, like they're big they're big battles, no doubt. But like there's usually after a Not Mobius really. fight, right? Like there's like a big cut scene and. They, and it's like they're just like, oh, I don't want to die. And yeah, then they, yeah. They just snap yeah. away, and you're like, oh, okay. Like we're just disposing of these two on the way to the big bad, um, which I thought was sort of interesting, sort of cool. But another yeah. sort of interesting, sort of cool part, just as an offshoot here, is like when they talk about I forget which one he is, the one that paired up with Yorin 
that guy. The collector. Oh, the, oh, the, the just the, the serial killer, killer guy. Yeah, I, I can, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's suddenly like, to me, that was probably the, the, the most uh, morbid part of the whole game to me. Honestly, is is that I mean, because it's kind of like His so you collection. find out that this guy and the the thing I don't understand. I'm sure I if I thought about it, but like it's like how did this serial killer guy get to be a Mobius? Like like why did Z like allow him to become Mobius? You know what I mean? I guess probably because he's a psycho. Entertainment, well, pure entertainment. Guy. He's also kind of a force of nature. Like it's it's. It kind of feels like he's almost like Malos from two, where he's less of a person and more of a concept given form. Yeah, was the blade with the white hair? He was the no, that was um, the blade with the ball. No, he he was the opposite of uh, you know Mithra and Pyra, like. The, the, right. uh, the other Aegis. Gotcha. I was just thinking, yeah. um, the the white the guy I'm talking about, the white haired long, you know, yeah, the, I um, it, he the, was the, totally Z- like Jin? Jin? Jin. 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 Yeah, he was totally the the N the N. Like that's like the very similar characters mm-hmm. where, you know, at the end, N, kind of re- yeah did redeem himself yeah, he, in a way. He right? joins up with yeah uh, with Noah. And 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 I think that the, again, like I think it's a brilliant concept to have this as the game as a whole, to have this idea of there's these endless battles and people live for ten years and then they die and blah blah blah, and that instantly captures the imagination. I love that, and I love the softening. You know, in a way, it's still like crazy, but I I love the idea that well, they're not really like die dying, and it you know it, they're going in this loop. And then, so then you, so then, you know, with, uh, so, but you don't understand that. And you like go, how could Noah ever do that? You know, but then like you as well, there's, you can actually understand. Well, he, he, because of his love for, for Mio that he does this and that he's not technically murdering them. Like you'd think, you know, it's like, it's part of the game, you know, it's Mm -hmm. part of a, a big system that I think is just a really cool, it's a really pretty incredible story you know i want to i want to pivot to casey's overall thoughts in a second but but to to piggyback on that a little bit one thing that's interesting about this game compared to other jrpgs is how it sort of plays with tone like behind the scenes almost and you were talking about how it takes this really effed up concept and it's a rated t game so maybe they soften it up a little bit in in service of the story whatever but i also noticed that there are quite a few scenes in this game where the implication is so much worse than what's happening on screen or what the game's telling you. So, so, so often in let's say a JRPG or an anime, the characters will say what's happening and will say what you're supposed to feel over and over in your face. Um, it's, it's, and there's the subtlety is not there. And this game does do that at times, but there are also, and I'll, I'll give two examples. There's the very first homecoming. And the homecoming is played completely straight at the beginning of the game. No one weighs in and says how messed up the concept of homecoming is uh, in the context of this larger world of war. um, And that it's clearly uh, this government mandated death that they're treating it like a religious ceremony and and is cherished like one. Um, And is just, I, I was so uncomfortable during that scene because I knew 
how messed or I, I felt I knew how messed up it was, but the game was not remotely well, showing its hand is, at all. Is because I think that's you think it's messed up because that's your perspective of how life is. You know what I mean? And but they, to them it's a great honor. Is, to them, that is what life is. You know what I mean? No, I I well, I'm saying it's my emotion sort of playing off. I understand what's yeah. going through their head. And that's why I was uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. Because, no, it's, I, because exactly. you sort of bring your own experience into it. No, absolutely. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I mean. It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, yep. that, that's what they're going for, you know? And what I'll, and I'll give a second example, which is even better. Um, so you mentioned the Kamaravi and uh, Ethel or yeah. uh, Ethel fight. Uh, the sick epic mechas fighting anime cool but there are two other emotions going on in that scene which you wouldn't necessarily find so so the way that scene plays out it's they're sort of uh tied to the consoles and they're like trapped and they're forced to fight you to kill you um but the second they're free they go after each other for this fight almost like it's like a form of lust like there's there's this weird underlying I know it's a it's a family friendly show but there's a horniness to this scene which is very strangely structured but I love because it speaks to these characters and how they grow up in this concept of war and they have this relationship with each other but the way people communicate with each other especially on opposite sides is through fighting so there's this whole uh, rubber band ball of emotions that is just going on as this is happening. And another one of those emotions, which is exactly the same as, as the scene in the beginning of the game is, oh, it's so cool that they're able to fight is what the game sort of tells you in the moment. But there's also this tragedy of they don't know anything else. And this is their only grasp and, and their last gasp for for freedom is this is this fight to kill each other these warriors who respect and probably love each other to some extent um and that's stuff that the game does not tell you which is very sort of counter to how a lot of this genre i think works a lot of the time i i don't know if you guys had a similar experience i mean i didn't see the horniness i think that's more out of balix's fan but that's a, no that's that's a very reasonable take Perry. you're giving me a hard time I mean, I I didn't get that one bit, but that's that's okay. I can uh, I can see. Be I know everything. what you're saying though. Yeah, I, I, I know what Alex's saying. I guess to me, it's just there. I guess, and it makes sense, like thinking about it now. But yeah, it's like all they ever know is to fight, right? And those two were like among the greatest of all time for their respective sides. So like, what what is it? You know, great competitors want to go against the best, right? And see who's who's the 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 top dog, if you will. So. Um, but yeah, no, I could definitely see it like, why yeah, did like, they have to kill each other? What's up? Why did they kill each other? Well, a, a rivalry, they, they've had a rivalry their whole lives and they're the best. Yeah. They're the basically top, warrior you know? on each other's side. And also right. it's defying at the same time, defying the, the Mobius and like also Kamaravi, like how does he prevent from getting taken over? Dude cuts his eye out. Amazing. Yeah, that was awesome. He cut his yeah. eye. I, I kind of wish they would have used yeah. those awesome machine, the Feronises, to to help the yeah. other people. Like, you know, like, those guys were. But that was the thing. I, I, I sort of echoing back, dramatic. right? You said how it was like choice versus being. To that was their choice. We finally get to decide what we want to do. 
and we want to fight each other. And, and that's, we want to commit suicide. Yep. And that's, well, they were going to die anyway, you know? So, uh, you know, and that's how they went. But how are they going to die? I mean, they all die at some point, you know? And if they're already Mobius, they're not going back into the live stream. Are they Mobius? Yeah. Didn't they come back as Mobius at that point? Because they didn't they both already die? I don't think so. Or am oh, I is that right? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. That could be. That could be. I, I'm forgetting exactly the whole timeline for yeah. where that battle was. There's a lot of stories. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I do think it, it, that the whole universe thing colliding and the whole Xeno 1 and Xeno 2 and now Xeno 3 universe. I mean, is there a. Is there a Xeno 3 universe or is that just the is that origin? I guess, yeah. Well, it, it was Ionis, right? Is what they, they called the world. Um, but yeah. That now, is the world of Xenoblade 1. It's just the two fused because of this weird time multiverse anomaly thing. Yeah. And the so origin was to separate them. So now, theoretically, uh, the world of Xenoblade 3 is gone for good. Because essentially, yeah, it was built by pieces of the world one and two that were collected inside the origin. Right. Yeah. So now that oh, cool. the worlds are, you know, gone their separate ways, or or, or maybe I guess connected back, right? Because they were preventing yeah. it from colliding, and now they have collided. I guess, and and I guess there's just one world. I don't know. Like I said, I have a feeling the DLC might go into some more of this. Yeah, I forget about but. the DLC. I, I want to make a prediction, and this might be very obvious, and it might not even be a prediction. It might even be out there, but um, with the DLC, I, I think they're going to go into that Mio is Nia's, is Rex and Nia's daughter. I agree that prequel's probably the move. I was going to do more uh, M and N. I was going to do sort of a DLC of their story. Hmm. Or maybe it's a DLC of Rex's home life and, and you actually just juggling <laughs> the three different wives. It's you hear that? That's me rubbing of... my hands together. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Alex bought eight copies of the DLC. <laughs> okay, so uh, Perry, you, you were you were saying my favorite moment in the game was like the messed up bit at chapter five and six. No, my two favorite parts of this game is one, where do babies come from? And two, finding out that the answer is Rex. <laughs> <laughs> that's great amazing yeah uh K casey what was your sort of me and perry sort of gave our sort of overall thoughts on the story what was where'd you sort of land on everything yeah i, I liked it a lot um like you said it, and i think it's how the game sort of unravels the whole bits and bobs as you go right because it's super intriguing 10 years they're always in battle these flame clocks the different colonies how they've got their different rankings, right? Like, oh, this is a, a poor dirt colony and they barely have any food to survive versus, versus the, you know, the the silver and the gold, right? Like, oh my God, is that a gold one? Like, that's crazy, you know? And and all that. And then how, it, I remember right when you first find out Yorin has become a Mobius, I was like, ha like, how does that happen, right? And at that point, you, you we weren't keen to the idea that you're reborn or... And then I guess in certain situations, you could find yourself with Zed and have that option of being reborn again as you normally have or going on to be a Mobius, right? So I, I think it did a cool job of like how it, you know, opened it up. Um, like I said, that 
it's still to me, right? Like I think that first Mobius fight, which I think was, you know, probably end of chapter two, um, was like, whoa, that like super fun boss fight. Like that's crazy. And then all of a sudden you realize there's a bunch of Mobius and they all have different personalities and, and just how it all unraveled. And then all of a sudden that, Wasn't yeah, that, the first Mobius fight with Vandom at the beginning. Maybe I'm yeah, thinking you know. the first one, the I, that one that taunts you and he just makes fun of you. Um, yeah, that's that's with fandom. That's with that the big guy and maybe maybe so. so anyway. it's chapter whatever chapter it is. Um, but I, you know that was like a really great introduction to the Mobius for me. Um, but yeah, end of chapter five into six, that that was still so so good. Uh, you know that was top tier and. You know, there are some parts in this game that sort of slag a little bit when you're in the prison, you know, and I get the idea is probably like, hey, it's, you know, they didn't want to brush over it where it's like, oh, you're in the prison for like two minutes and it feels unconsequential, you know, but like having to do those stupid, like, go collect a bunch of fruit, go kill a couple guys like that was for me. I was like, oh, this is that was really the only time I think in the game. I was like, this is sort of boring, you know, like. And there are some other fetch quests that um, I didn't find nearly as bad, like some of the, the you know, world trekking. At least it was you're going to different areas and, and you know, fighting different enemies. That that I one like prison the, um, was sort of the I, worst for me. But then yeah. it hits you with that big, like, oh, my God. So it was the, you know, it was the calm before the storm, if you will. Um, and then I loved how it all sort of wrapped in the first two games, right? Because when you beat Xenoblade 2, you know, it definitely connects to one. But like I felt like this one really, you know, connected all three games together in a, in a way that I found really interesting. Um, so yeah, overall, I mean, I, I love this game. I, I I love the whole series, but uh, I really, you know, this game is really really good. Yeah, which brings us to the final question: is where do we put it in the in the series? Go first, Perry. Yeah, I, I it is my favorite one uh, as a game for sure. Uh, overall, it is my favorite, uh, mostly because it strips out a lot of bull crap that I just don't like. Um, I, and the funny thing is, like, if I were to rate the story, like the, just the story, I, I might rate two over one, over three. Um, but I really like this. So overall, I would say that Xenoblade, it goes three, two, one for me. Um, and I, one, you know, I played that in the 3DS. and Not optimal. <laughs> You know, I, I would like to play that again, to be honest, but I also don't want to go back to it because of, like, all the quality of life upgrades. I don't It'd be really, something so. you'd, you'd have to wait, definitely, like, Get the Switch version. Yeah, definitely get the Switch version. I think Lemonade mentioned uh, he played it on easy mode. Um, I just can't play games on easy mode like Casey can when he beats the game. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, anyway, but I just, I really like how... I got like seriously just just the taking out of the field skills. It makes it my favorite. Like it it's cuz that is that was the worst part of the scene. That was that feeling of just bad game design. Just like I don't want to play this anymore. I but I'm 70 hours in so I have like there's no way I could sleep at night if I quit on a game that I put 70 hours in. So that, that feel those field things felt like it would be in a mobile game where like the sole point of it was oh. so that you had to keep dropping money to get the right one. Oh but like, yeah, this it was just a random gameplay. Wouldn't it be feature. funny if they did DLC? Uh, one of if you could actually, I want I, that could be even on there. If you if you buy the, <laughs> get all the field skills. If you buy the, yeah, the DLC, the yeah, DLC, the five dollar anyway. DLC pack. So yeah, three, two, one. 
Very nice. Uh, Casey? Uh, I don't know. It's too soon. I'm too fresh. Because, like, right now, like, yeah, the story is amazing, right? And, like, I, I really liked most of the characters that you're ma- out of the main six, right? Uh, Mio and Nia. I always do that, Mio and Neo. Mio and Noah, right? I really like them. Really liked Senna a lot and, and Lance. Um, Uni and, and uh, Tyon, you know, they were probably the the two, the two I liked the least out of the group. But there were still, you know, good moments with all of them. Oh, Mananapan and Ricky. Riku. Oh, at the end, when the when those two were saying goodbye, oh, yes, so that good. was the saddest thing ever. <laughs> they were like oh, tearing up and crying. I think I one of my favorite things is is like we've mentioned before is that Riku just has a total yeah. normal man a, voice, a man, a de- <laughs> and not, not a total. But he normal, talked like this. Yeah. But yeah. he don't. T- he talks like Kevin from The Office. <laughs> he only. He, why say many words when few do trick? Yeah, yeah. So funny. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's hard for me because yeah, right now I'd be like, well, three's amazing, you know. I, I would need to sit on it, and especially yeah. like, honestly, two. I need to like brush up on the, like, the story a little bit just to remember all of it. But uh, I'm I'm with st- I plead the fifth. You can't plead the fifth. Pleaded. Pled. It's pled. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, where do you stand on this? Um, I think Xenoblade two, three. One. three it's it's probably two one three for me i i this is based on my memory as it exists now for two and one right Mm -hmm. so so i would have to replay them to to have an updated i think it's for a couple reasons uh one i haven't played x um but anyways three i think it did something's great i think the story highlights are the series highlights uh especially some of the interpersonal stuff that happens Really amazing. Um, I don't know if the flaws I have with the game are just because it's similar enough to Xenoblade 2 that I was able to overlook the flaws in 2 and and 3 just doing it again. I I just couldn't, which was just a personal thing. Maybe Um, I found the game very unbalanced from a battle sort of standpoint. That was my sort of personal take. Um, just exp like like halloween candy basically um i found the cast of characters good some great moments some characters were better than others but uh two's cast is probably my favorite in the series um for sure and then i felt the story had like highlights but it also uh kind of dropped the ball and fumbled it in parts i i think uh they could have did more to, to sort of keep up the tension and scariness of consoles, even after you know who they are. Um, and, and there are some moments like the Yorin sort of serial killer guy. Uh, but uh, a bit uneven, but it's still a Xenoblade game, and I'm, I'm committed to the series for the rest of my life. Uh, so a bad Xenoblade game is like a bad Pokemon game. It really doesn't mean that much to me in the grand scheme of things, where we're like, it's it's the worst version of my favorite thing. Like it, yeah, it doesn't. It's still it, top, top tier. Yeah. Like if I was reviewing this for Nintendo World Report, it wouldn't be a nine or nine point five or whatever. Like maybe John gave it. I I forget. It'd be like an eight, but it would still be an eight, and it would still be a Xenoblade game. So so that's yeah. where I kind of landed. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I, I think it'd be. Yeah. It's like where Xenoblade Two is an eight for me. You know three is an 8.5 sure and the, and the pro is no field skills <laughs> <laughs> that's the only pro yeah no it's not but yeah. Uh, anyway uh yeah 
Excellent. Yeah, great games. And I think it's time to go straight into poll time. That it goes right into it. Speaking Boom. of polls and Xenoblade. Yeah. There this isn't actually a poll, is it? Uh no, it's a survey. It's survey time. Um <laughs> I'm not making the jingle. No, uh, you're just going to leave the snaps in there. People who are playing slash played Xenoblade Chronicles 3. How are you liking it so far? Um, let's just I'll do, start off with first with grills. Huh? No, I want to think about it longer and then we can start reading it. Okay. No, Perry, go ahead. Go All ahead, right. Perry. Uh, friend of the show, Grills Von Sizzle says, love it. So much fun to explore the world and I've really grown to love the cast. I've taken my time to try fill out the map and track down the different classes, but I think I'll finally finish it up within the next few days. And that was a long time ago. Boom. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder what girls ultimately thought of it. Yeah. I'll check Umbra in the Discord. Witcher says best one in the series. Boom. Mm. Uh, Mimi Sue says easily the best game in the series. Really glad they seem to have realized that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was a mistake. Awful take. Uh, although we <laughs> thank you for the for writing in. Uh, and that sheep's fan service and gotcha mechanics isn't the way to go. Also, strong disagree with this take. Mm, well, but thank you for writing. We're it. glad the gotcha mechanics are gone. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Perry, uh, which one are we on? I was just looking at uh, Christopher uh, Kilby. So, so Grills uh, said that he's gonna they were gonna finish it on uh, the thirty first. So I don't know if he did. We're not on Grills. We're on Christopher Kilby. Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> they uh they need a okay so he says they need a large flashing text disclaimer when you're about to hit feature length movie of cutscenes and quick battles haha it is funny because um a little different because final fantasy 14 is an mmo but they whenever it is like a big old cut like you know you're getting like a half it warns you like hey make sure you got enough time because uh big big scenes incoming uh, oh, nice. So it would actually that might actually be good for single player games, too. But uh, Pyro Storm, third in the series, but still good. Sort of sounds yep, like it uh, is third in the series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, technically. Fourth. Um, uh, Contigo says combat is slow and messy. The OST didn't catch my attention as much as uh, XC one or two. I'll agree with that. I think the music wasn't as uh, I disagree. I actually really love the music. Oh, okay. Oh, guess, guess I'm wrong and dumb. Uh, no, I'm saying I just, dis- <laughs> if you can agree, I can disagree. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, you're wrong and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, something we can all agree on. Uh, I, I want to finish the game, but there are too many side quests. Maps are overwhelming. Main characters are delightful. Combat versatility is great. Story is good. That's how I sort of approach the game is like, just complain about it. But also it's really good in this way, in this way, in this way. It's kind of a, mm-hmm. a, a interesting sort of bag. Uh, Lee. Yeah. Is it me? I believe yeah. so. Lee says, why it's not my favorite in the series. It's still an amazing game. Renee, X, uh, Love X3 feels more like a classic JRPG, more linear, yet you have uh, free uh, freedom to explore. Very approachable story is awesome. Um, yeah, and I guess one thing we didn't really talk about is that they, they actually have like a an option you can turn on, and we might have talked about it in previous episodes, that literally shows you a line exactly where to go. So if you ever get lost, super duper easy to just, hey, click a button, and you're on Wish your way. I would have known about that one. You dumb pickle. 
Who's uh, uh, yeah, balance. yeah, me. Last but not least, me. Uh, last and least, uh, me. <laughs> uh, Nightskin is learning how to draw again. Uh, says my favorite Xeno game and Xenoblade title. Ah, another fan. Uh, it is crazy to see how far Monolith Soft has come since the original members' days at SquareSoft. Nice. Very nice. Boom. Very nice. So seems pretty. Uh, seems universally positive. Um, and like, you know, a couple where it's not their favorite in the series, but still enjoying it, sort of ringing, ringing true to what Alex was saying, too. 100%. Yeah. 100. All right. Boom. Xenoblade, baby. Uh, it's funny because, yeah, after beating this, it's like, man, I would love to replay Xenoblade 1 and 2 because, yeah, I want to get a fresh reminder of how great those games are and, and then truly be able to compare them. But there's just such long games like I don't know when that's ever going to happen. Exactly. But mm-hmm. yeah, nevertheless, it should happen. A game worth playing. Mm hmm. Boom. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Here's our second ending. Second uh, ending. All right. You can Twitter, find us can... over on Twitter at Talk Nintendo Pod. That's Talk Nintendo. P O D. And that's where you can find our poll times or survey time. Uh, you can also support Nintendo World Report over on Patreon.com slash NWR. That's Patreon.com slash NWR. And you can email with text or you can send in a good old fashioned voicemail we always like josh to have those yep yeah josh seems to be one of the the only people taking advantage of that i know Estuardo, that send us a voicemail voice but uh you can email us at tnp mailbag at gmail.com that's tnp mailbag at gmail.com yeah send over the voicemails we love them uh and and mm-hmm. we you'll get on the air and review us on itunes yep five stars yes. only Five and stars. if you have any leftover stars, you can send them to three unprepared men. Yeah. And if you have any remaining stars after that, you can send them to the propane maniacs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trickle-down effect, you know? <laughs> exactly. Trickle-down economics, boys. If you have it's 11 deep. stars, for example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our last one is still from April. A- April, just a couple of noodle heads and whatever a Balax is. That was oh. from Noodles. <laughs> or no. Anyway, we, we, need a, uh, we need a review from Picklehead. A couple of yep, Pickleheads and whatever Balax is. Yep. <laughs> and on that note, All right. we love you. I've had love you. my wife making garlic something downstairs and it smells so Alex good. I'm going to go eat it. I'm the girl with the doll. Pasting the thing in. Paste it, Daddy. <laughs> That's from It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>